Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Hope you're having a good weekend so far. I'm with you until seven this Saturday morning. After six, I'm in conversation. But first, it's the best of Steve Allen. My weekly roundup of some of the best bits from my early breakfast shows, starting with this. Hello, who does a Christmas list? Does anybody do Christmas lists anymore? I don't. You, you know, when you were little, you know, you'd write down, Dear Father Christmas, please send me new parents. And or you'd write down anything like that. I want a granny who doesn't smell of wee, you know, and things like that. And, and nowadays, there's a kid in the paper today. I call him a kid because, to be honest with you, I've never heard of such a thing in my life. I mean, fancy putting your son through it. He's 14. His Christmas list adds up to five grand's worth of stuff. £5,000 worth. Of, and I'm thinking to myself... And what a spoilt child. He said, all my mates will be getting it. Well, go live with your mates then, dear. God, blimey. And then there was the dog. The owner has spent £1,000 on a dog. I was calling yesterday, and I'm starting a bit of a campaign. Do not buy Christmas presents for anybody under the age of three. They don't know what Christmas is. They know there's a tree. They know there's a kindly old man. But, you know, wrap up an empty box. Let them rip the... When they're one years old, they rip off the paper. They're quite happy. They don't, you know, to them it comes as a bit of a surprise that there's something else inside the box. Just give them paper. Cats love playing with it. If you've got cats, they like playing with empty boxes and paper bags. Don't buy presents for kids. It's a total waste. You know, if you're going to buy them anything, buy clothes. You know, don't buy them toys. They don't, they're not interested. Wrap one of the toys up upstairs. They'll go, oh, look, it's my teddy, but with a ribbon round his neck. Exactly. But the entertainer shops will not be open on the Sunday. The man has decided who owns them, and I think they've got, I forget how many shops they've got. They sell toys and sort of party stuff and all sorts of bits and pieces. Very nice shop. Uh, he's decided, because he's a Christian, that he's not going to open the shops. He would rather forego £2 million. But they never open on Sundays anyway, so what difference does it make? But he's, he's sort of saying, because it's, uh, because it's a Christian festival. It's not. It's really not a Christian. I don't know what book these people are reading from. But, you know, Christmas, as we know it, December 24th, 25th, 26th, you've got nothing to do with the Christian church. Nothing to do with it at all. You could still go to church. I don't have a problem with that. I like going to church over, over Christmas, just to annoy the people who go every single week. You know, you just turn up for that one day and for the service so you can hear all the carols being sung. I, I think St Paul's Cathedral would be probably sold out. And Westminster Abbey and all those sort of places, you can go and hear the choristers. But it's got, it really is, it's a bit of a quasi-festival. People have jumped onto the bandwagon. All you know about Christmas is that it's Christmas trees, nothing to do with Christmas, nothing to do with Christianity. Uh, lights, nothing really to do with Christianity, the ones that are strung up in your, your local high street. And presents, nothing to do with it. You know, you can quasi-link it in to the birth but, uh, as I say, the birth didn't um, turn up at Christmas anyway. It was July, I think, July, September. This is the solstice we're celebrating here. But nobody makes mention of that. That's why you've got the, the fir tree. And we have lots of, you know, the tinsel thing. It's all recent. I still like it, though. Don't get me wrong. I'm all, I'm all in favour of the whole thing. I like it. I, I love the whole... Not decadence. I, I get slightly worried when people spend a lot of money on Christmas. You know, and I mean a lot. You know, there's this boy in the paper today... I've got to read it out to you because I, I, didn't, I didn't get annoyed. I just felt a bit sorry for him and his mother. You know, A, for the fact she's put herself in the newspapers and B, she's put him in the newspapers. Perhaps they're known to somebody. Perhaps one of the journalists sort of knows them and goes, oh, you should put this, uh, this story in the, in the papers. Um, and, um, and here he is with a big smile and his mother's doing the posing. His name's Leonard and uh, Lucy Cavendish is the, uh, the woman. She's got four children, Raymond, Leonard... Jerry and 
Otterline. Otterline? It's an odd name, isn't it? Otterline. Anyway, he's actually done his Christmas list. Now, either he's dim as a plank, or, or he's sort of, he's hoping he's going to... This is what's on his Christmas list. It's about five grand's worth. A Canada Goose Parker. OK, this is what all best-dressed, overpaid children get. It's £1,500, OK, if you want that. A Stone Island Jumper, £400. Armani Jeans, black, £100. Armani Jumper, white, £135. A Louis Vuitton belt, a belt, if you please, £405 for a belt. A Tommy Hilfiger Jumper, 65 quid. A Tag Heuer watch, 1250 A Armani tracksuit. What a punch of rubbish this boy is getting. Calvin Klein jumper, 90 quid. Gym membership. Gym member. Have you heard of walking up the stairs? Dear me. Paul Smith boxers, 35 quid. Personal trainer, 30. This must be some sort of rubbish article, isn't it? Is this woman a journalist and she just decided to write up something really stupid? Uh, Obagi skincare products. He's 14. 140 quid. Gym equipment, 1,000. I thought he was going to the gym, 45 quid a month. And then a nutritionist. I think it's made up. I think it's, it's, it's a stupid piece of journalism. So I've decided to dispense with it. It's rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Who has £1,000 worth of gym equipment at home? Apart from me. But that's different. I'm a multi-millionaire. I'm allowed to have things like that. It's all a miniature mine. It comes in the doll's house. It's all sort of, you know, very tiny. So I've got, you know, the Chippendale furniture and the grandmother clocks and all the other stuff. Six bathrooms. It's lovely. At the moment, I mean, I don't know what to ask for. I don't ask for Christmas presents. What went on young, Steve? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I was never a Christmas list sort of person. There wasn't anything I needed. We were very fortunate in our family, living as we did in the stately home in the castle. And, um, you know, we were more interested in buying for the servants. It was for the little people. I'm, I'm never, I'm the same as Jamie Oliver. I'm more a giver. The receiver, I say to people, please don't buy me anything. It's very nice when people do, but please, you know, don't. Because, I, I mean, I'm just like, I get a bit sort of confused by things. So so family and friends find it absolutely impossible. They absolutely sort of go, you know, but, you know, what? you must be something you want. And I go, well, there's nothing I need. You know, if I want to go and buy Prosecco, I'll buy Prosecco. A lot of people buy me Prosecco as sort of a, a, sort of a gift. And... Um, what else? Shower gels, things like that. Flannels, always useful. Uh, nice flannels. Uh, but there's nothing I need. It's not like children who go, oh, the latest toy, you know, I want a ninja dressing up set or something like that. I mean, I don't want a ninja dressing up set. David in Nottinghamshire, he said a £400 belt. I know. A £400 belt. Isn't that just absolutely ridiculous? Mind you, some people will spend any amount of money. Steve Allen on LBC. Oh, look, here she is. Who's this old woman out on the town? Old woman called Laura Simpson. Laura Simpson. Who is she? She's very old, whoever she is. Oh, that's the old drunk. That's the old Wayne Rooney party girl. My God, she's plain. She's putting on a busty display in a frilled jumpsuit. In other words, very cheap. There's a rumour she'll appear on Celebrity Big Brother. Oh, do us a favour. A celebrity because she gets in a car with a drunk... Who gets pulled by the police? Oh God, you make me sick. People like you. She was on her way to a cocktail bar. Of course you were, dear. I should imagine people avoid you like the plague. But I mean, sorry, a jumpsuit, dear. How so sixties? Certainly not of this day and age at all. Uh, Olivia Atwood. 
Olivia at... Oh, God, it's another one of those bimbos from Love Island, isn't it? This is Chris Hughes. Chris Hughes' other half. What is it with these Love Island people? Is it because it's easier to get work this way than it is to actually sort of learning to do something and actually get a skill? Uh, Bob says, you're very chirpy today. I like to be chirpy most days. I think I get paid for being chirpy. I think that's the whole idea. Nobody wants to turn on the radio near an old grouch, do they? I like it when I'm in a bad mood, though. I'm, I'm never in a really, really bad mood. I'm just sort of in a what I call a semi-bad mood. You know, where it's sort of something I'll read that really, you know, like this morning, there's quite, been quite a number of things which sort of annoy me, like, you know, the, the BBC Personality of the Year, which must cost them a fortune to stage. I should imagine it must be a cast of hundreds. And then Yorgi Porter turns up and you think, well, I mean, we're sorry. <laughs> Why don't you just stick her in on sort of, you know, the next sort of reunion of members of the cast of children's television? I said to a friend of mine yesterday, I said they had this children's television thing on the other day and it was uh, they were all featured, you know, on some quiz show. I said, I didn't, um, I didn't know anybody on there. And a friend of mine says, well, you're not supposed to. They're children's presenters. I said, but at one time, I knew who the children's presenters were. Now you've got this raft of reality shows on the television. So, you know, can you really believe if they actually have the uh, celebrity big brother and it's all women... They're going to be hard pushed to find all women on there that you've ever heard of. In fact, there was even somebody the other day. They did it on 8 out of 10 cats. And some bloke said about reality shows. He said, I think they all need to bring um, bills from home, utility bills. You can find out who they are. He said, because I watched it the other day. I don't know anybody. And the answer is because they aren't anybody. If they're seriously going to put on some bimbo drunk who gets in a car with Wayne Rooney and she's now a celebrity. Dear God, you might as well give up and go home. That's about as low as it gets, isn't it? And they call her party girl. What, because she, she got drunk in a bar and got picked up by Wayne Rooney? Hardly something to go shouting about, dear, is it? Georgia Toffolo, catching up with friends. Um, again, she's not... There's no class there. You know, just because she speaks OK, there's no class at all. I don't know what... You know, her father's a rag-and-bone man. And her mother, I think, is with somebody who's got an amusement arcade. It's just, you know... It's only because she went to a good... Um, a good school, but that's it. As far as that goes, there's nothing. She's not great looking, nothing. But she hailed Jacob Rees-Mogg as sexy. I mean, that's 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 how bad it is. She says being a Tory MP would would be a dream. She's long spoken about her passion for politics. Really, I think she's going to age really badly. Jacob Rees-Mogg, God. She went there to talk to uh, Pip and uh, Holly Willoughby, one who gives away stories in uh, Star Wars. She says, sometimes politics can be snobby and archaic, and I think Labour's done very well in not being like that recently. <laughs> You've kind of given up, don't you, really? I mean, honestly, who is she? I fancy middle-aged politicians, but I've never been with one. Oh, too much information. Too much information, thank you very much indeed. And um, she's... Uh, but uh, Rhys Mogg is a father of six. He said he was surprised but flattered by her remark. I wouldn't be, dear. I really wouldn't be. It means she's a stalker. I wouldn't be flattered at all. She's just... He says, I'm glad Miss Toffolo won. I hope this is the launchpad for a glittering career. What, are you mad? Glittering career at doing what? What did she prove she can do? Put things in her mouth she shouldn't. And that's it. That's a glittering career in your idea, is it? Girl, blimey, matey. Heavens above. I mean, we've got to do better than that, haven't we? Much better than that. Obviously, standards a little bit low in the Reese Mogg department. Can't wait for your children to go on there, then. You know, why don't you put them forward, Jacob? That'll be good, won't it? This is LBC with Steve Allen. OK, get your money ready. Ready? Why? Well, because you might want to buy a keepsake. Because poor hard up... Sorry, no, she's not hard up. She's got loads of money. She's got 40 million sitting in the bank. 
<laughs> right, of course she hasn't. Uh, because Katie Price is trying to sell her old clothing. And uh, Gary wrote to me and told me about it. And uh, she's got loads of coats, trackies and costume jewellery. Uh, I've worn in recent months in my eBay shop now. In other words, she's, she's flogging all the old tat that uh, looks bad on her anyway. Amazing Christmas gifts for all my fans. Get bidding, everybody. And so, and then somebody, it, it's, it's, it's on, I think, eBay, the official Jordan thing. And they've got all sorts of uh, tat here. You know, 15 quid for this. Belong to Katie Price. It's, you know, whether she's ever worn it, you know, it doesn't really make any difference, does it? It's just, it's tat. And, of course, it won't fit 99% of anybody who has ever followed this poor old baggage. And uh, they've got, you know, things at 42 quid, 51 pound, 9.99, uh, a Diamante crystal faux pearl. And it's all, it's belonged to Katie Price, modelled by other people, though. And then it's so funny because people write to her. The sort of people who write, write to Katie Price are generally a bit peculiar. And uh, one says, you look great in this pic. Loving the more natural look. There's nothing natural about her. She's Botoxed. She's filled. The hair is fake. Everything's fake about her. She's got trout pout. And, uh, and somebody says here, um, I, I, uh, I'm not really fond of Katie Price. This is somebody called Maya Girl Manchester. I'm not really fond of Katie Price, but one thing I see a lot of is all the charity work she does. What, what, what would that be, darling? What would that be? Do, do tell. I'm fascinated. And, uh, and somebody says here, such a lovely photo of you. These people are stalkers. I'll get the police around immediately. Somebody says, um, you look so much like your mum here. <laughs> Shouldn't imagine that the sort of thing she'd be wanting to hear. Somebody says, this is an old picture of her. She looked different when I saw her on Loose Women last week. Yeah, it depends who the makeup artist is. She's changed the makeup artist. She got rid of that, that peculiar one, the one who used to be the coal miner. Campus coal miner ever, but uh, camp coal miner, nevertheless. And some, Maria goes, you look so beautiful, naturally. <laughs> Somebody says here, you look stunning here. Go back to this, it's beautiful. You know, long she doesn't open her mouth and say, <laughs> like that, but all the fake hair and everything. And of course, you know, really, the only thing that's interesting about her, the old man cheats. Yep, he cheats with everybody. He's had two of her best friends. He's had the nanny. I mean, he's loving it. And, of course, she has to stick with him because she hasn't got anybody else. Because, basically, her, her track record is looking bad. It's not looking good. And you have to ask yourself the question, why do all of her relationships finish? Because she's revolting. It's as simple as that. She's horrible to every single one of them. I don't think she's had a husband or a boyfriend that she's not slagged off in the press you know, she's made them feel very small, which, of course, you know, basically is her tiny mind. And then you only have to look at the exposure of the family. Yeah, I'm never going to put my kids through this. She does it all the time. Pete does it all the time. She's just living basically for the moment. But does she have 40 million? Absolutely not. I've often said, and, and the gear, well, the, the, the producer says that the gear is actually quite, uh, quite cheap. Uh, you know, 10.49, 42 quid. Um... I mean, anything's been on her body. I mean, I suppose the sort of people who are going to buy it just basically sit there and sort of wrap themselves in it. They've got a metal and bead statement, nine ninety nine, a bit like the jewellery channel. There's no no bids at all. In fact, there's quite a number of things with no bids, no bids, no keep keep going, no bids, no bids, no bids, no bids, no bids, no bids, no bid. Good God, one bid. It's a, a crocheted hemline cropped at nine ninety nine. Plus, wait for this, postage and packing five twenty five. What's it coming by, dear? Pony Express. There's another one here. It's um, a JYY London Luxie Khaki and Ivor. It's disgusting. No bids, of course. 70 quid. But the postage and packing, £10 something. 
wouldn't waste your money. There's another one here. Same thing. £10.99, postage and packing, no bids. Who would buy this crap? I mean, seriously. Seriously, submit a bid. Pound. I mean, it's just... And they've got some emaciated model to... I suppose it's, it's, you've got to be thin. The, the, these models look a bit uh, as if they need to eat food. They say, oh, it's a mannequin, is it? Oh, right, we're not even sure it's a real person. Submit a bid. Nobody has. Nobody has. So uh, not going to be making much money for Christmas on this one, are we, dear? Bit of a shame. Uh, Howard says, thank you for letting us know about Katie Price's eBay site. I've just bought one of her bras. Should fit me. Yeah, exactly. It's the best way if you do cross-dress. I mean, that's the, the best thing. But I mean, I, to be honest with you, I mean, you could probably use it as a small swimming pool, which would be quite nice. Yes, I see no reason why not. Uh, most of it's not selling because, I mean, why would you want something like that? Somebody else's second-hand clothes. Very tacky. Steve Allen on LBC. Somebody says, says Michael, if you haven't been, you should go to Iceland. Uh, the, the country says it's breathtaking. It is. Well, it's full of um, it's full of volcanoes and it's full of um, hot water lakes and spas and and LBC presenters. I mean, you don't want to go there. I mean, it's just full of you'll, you'll find Darren and his other half there most of the year. That's where he goes, and he's there for New Year. He loves it. He loves it. It's never interested me. Never interested me. I don't. I mean, I can't think of any reason why, apart from the fact it's probably very expensive, which actually doesn't bother me sort of any more than anything else would. But there's nothing about it that is nice. It's very cold in winter, which, again, doesn't bother me too much because, you know, you can wrap up. I've got scarves and and uh, thick coats and everything like that. It's just that there's nothing about the place. I don't want to sit in a, in a sulphuric uh, lake or something like that. The Blue Lagoon is over there, isn't it, which apparently is lovely, and people do this sort of healthy spa thing. I told you years ago, I went to uh, a place called Sievering in Austria. Uh, we went out for a day. Me and a friend of mine who was working on the radio station that I was working at out in Austria. And we go to this uh, hotel, the Hotel Panhans, which is still there. It's a big, old-fashioned Austrian hotel. And we decide to have a sauna. Now, I'm not hugely big into... It's like I don't do massage. I mean, I don't do massage and I don't enjoy having massage done. I just can't bear the idea. It's just, it just doesn't... Whereas I know I've got friends of mine who crave massage. They love it. Uh, it doesn't interest me. Anyway, so we decided to go and have a sauna. So we're sitting in the sauna. We thought it was just us in the sauna. You know, and every so often you put a bit of water on and then the steam rises and you all sit there going, God, it's hot. And of course, the one thing you can't have is neck chains. If you've got a neck chain, you sit in a sauna, it's going to be eating into your skin because it's boiling hot in there. Anyway, we're sort of sitting there chatting away and all of a sudden the door opens and you automatically look, don't you? There's a whole family coming in. Mum, dad, daughter and son. The daughter was about 16, the son was about 14, and the mum and dad, they're all stark naked. Well, of course, you, you, you didn't know where to look. And you sort of, so you sort of, hello, Miss Scott. And, then, and you sort of, you spend the rest of the time looking at the ceiling. Because you just feel a bit embarrassed about the whole, we're not very good at doing things like that. And then after they'd had their sauna, they went outside and jumped into an ice-cold plunge pool, which is apparently what you're supposed to do. Why would you want to do that? I had a towel round me. I kept fully covered, I tell you. If I'd had a sou'wester, I'd have blooming well worn it. Steve Allen on LBC. I don't do it. It's very... Con- yeah, all right, I've seen it. Take it away. He's bought a lightsaber. He's been, as, as Darren already talked about it on air. He's, oh, just me again. I always talk about these things on air. This is Aussie boy. He's, got, he's so excited. He's got his new toy now. It's, he is like a bit of a child, actually. I, I bet for Christmas you'd really like a drone, wouldn't you? Would you like it? You actually brought it in. When, when, 
Oh, I bought it from the Disney store. How much was it? Was it very expensive? £30? Where's that made? That is... It's a lightsaber. What, is, is Star Wars a Disney film, then? Have I missed out on something? Oh, they bought... Oh, they're right. So he's bought a lightsaber. You are so sad. You are. Oh, right. You didn't ask how much it was. Well, somebody bought it for you. Was it? Oh, you bought it. And you didn't know how much it cost. God, I'm taking you out shopping. That's brilliant. You don't know how much something costs and you go out there and you go, I'll just have that because it's expensive. You're going to be so disappointed in my Christmas present to you this year. You really, I mean, seriously, if, if that's, that's the height of decadence, my present is going to pale into insignificance. I feel guilty already. I might have to up the ante. I might have to stick a box of fairy lights in or something like that. You know, battery operated or something. You got me. I hope you've not got me a present. I don't. You know, I don't like presents. Please don't buy me a present. Is it? Oh right. Oh God, has it got batteries in it? Do I need to start rushing out and getting some Duracells? Your one. Oh right. Okay. Is it clock? Sorry. What? Double. Oh, double A. I've got loads of double A's at home. All right. The one thing I always have over Christmas, in fact, the whole of the year, is batteries. I go when I go to Costco. I always buy packs of batteries because I don't want to run out over Christmas. We used to, years and years ago, one of the big battery companies used to send in boxes and boxes of batteries for those people who'd been given toys over Christmas and didn't have any batteries. And people used to turn up at LBC. Not this year. Please don't turn up this year. And they used to turn up and we used to give people packs of batteries. so that Because uh, that's always the one thing you forget, isn't it? You buy somebody a toy and then they go, oh, we forgot to get the batteries. And you start hunting around, don't you? Taking batteries out. Because it's amazing. How many batteries you get through in the course of a year and how much they cost. They're a fortune, they really are. Leading Britain's conversation, LBC, with Steve Allen. Andrew says, do you dip biscuits into your tea? Oh, Andrew, do I sound like somebody who dips biscuits in his tea? Of course I don't dip biscuits in my tea. I'm not a chav or common I don't dip biscuits. I've never heard of, I've never seen anybody dip... Well, actually, I tell a lie. I have seen people dip biscuits in their tea. It's the sort of thing. There's somebody out in the newsroom now. I don't want to name any names. Uh, Ollie. <coughs> and uh, I should imagine, he probably dips biscuits in. Do you dip biscuits? The producer dips biscuits. Not in my company, you don't. Not in my company, you wouldn't. Oh, no, no. There's certain things which you wouldn't do in my company. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that, that that was acceptable. And dipping biscuits in tea. Do you do that at home? You dip biscuits in... Do you really? Isn't that funny? It's like we used to have a kid at school. In fact, there's quite a few in my class. And uh, this one used to chew the end of his pencil. And so the end of the pen... I used to think, oh, disgusting. And he would literally chew the wood on the pencil. But dipping biscuits, I mean, that's a step too far, isn't it? That's a... People like that should be taken out and flogged publicly. In the stocks. Dipping biscuits. No, I have done it. But I'm not... uh, I, I wouldn't do it now. I don't think my mother would have frowned at something like that. I'm afraid <laughs> makes her sound like an awful snob, but she was. It's just that you know it depends what you grow up with. You know, I I mean I eat custard creams mainly because you can get three packs for like two quid in Iceland. <laughs> they do bourbons, custard creams, and those squashed fly biscuits, which I which I like. But I wouldn't dip any of them. I love bourbons. I love bourbon biscuits. I'm quite big onto things like that. And uh, Ollie, I've got. That libelous statement, he doesn't dip and never has. I bet he has. I bet he has. I'll find something. Is he really upset? I like it when he's upset. I quite like it when he's upset. I like, I like a bit of antagonism going on. I like a bit of fire, a bit of lead in your pencil. Actually, that's nothing like that at all, actually. I just sort of think, no, that, that'll, that'll get him going. He'll be 
I think he dips, but I'm just going to look at He comes from Sheffield. That's how they survived. They dip biscuits. I bet he double dips as well. I bet he double dips whenever there's a sauce that goes with something like tempura prawns. Not that I think he's ever had tempura prawns. I think, I think he double dips. Steve, don't you dip your toast in your tea? Oh, please. What was it? Oh, God, no. I'm still horrified. That, and we're, we're totally convinced he does. We're convinced he, he dips and double dips and everything else. Uh, I'm with um, Paul on slurping tea or coffee, but it depends who's doing it. You're fine, but don't chomp apples or chew gum in front of me because I wouldn't like it, says Martin. Well, as we're never likely to meet, I should imagine it's not going to make any difference. And I'm, I'm not big into apples anyway, but now I know it annoys you. I might go and buy some specifically and have a go on the programme tomorrow. They do those nice little ones in, uh, in Marks, which are sort of like mini apples. Kids like them. Mind you, I know adults who like them as well. Steve, uh, I've listened to you for years. Somebody says, carry on slurping, but I can't agree with you on the dunking issue. What, you like dunking? I'm sorry, it's, no, it's just wrong, isn't it? You wouldn't you imagine going to Claridge's or the Goring. And sort of, and dunking. Oh, dear, the waiters would be horrified. You know, the certain... Cl- Do you think the Queen dunks or double dips? Of course not. Do you think William does it? Probably. Do you think Harry does it? Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. I bet he does all the wrong things when he's away from Granny and, uh, and Dad and all the rest of it. Uh, Yvonne says, I hope your tea is not too cold. I work behind the till at the co-op and I'm not allowed a hot drink behind the counter. I have to have bottled water. When you when you walk to work, you want a hot drink. Yes, I'm allowed in. Um, uh, I'm, I'm allowed to bring hot drinks in here. And also the kitchen is literally when well, I send the person and they, they go round the corner and to, to the kitchen and make uh, make the tea for us. Uh, somebody says that you've tasted nothing until you've tasted a dunked bourbon. Oh, please. I'm sorry. We're just not will you stop it. We've got classy Christmas tree pictures. Then all of a sudden, you've all started dunking biscuits. It's just not right. Apparently, it has to be a sturdy biscuit. Oh, will you stop it already? This is just dreadful. Dreadful we don't all this kind of talk coming up to Christmas. What did Channel 5 show this week? Channel 5 have showed this week. Oh, no. Britain's best biscuit is revealed after a nationwide poll. They've done What's Your Favourite Biscuit on television. They must be getting a bit desperate, aren't they? Poor souls. Apparently, chocolate digestives beat jammy dodgers and chocolate hobnobs. According to the show, the UK more than seven... Who presented this rubbish? Who presented this rubbish? Got to be some third-rate, not-working presenter. Who's that? Who is that? Former Emmerdale star Natalie Anderson. Oh, I love the Former Emmerdale. Oh, God, here we go. Here we go. In the programme, celebrities like Joe Swash were joined by fellow biscuit fans, Vanessa Felt. Well, I think you don't need to look at her to realise. I mean, not only biscuits, the packaging, the shop, everything. Sally Lindsay and the actress Natalie Anderson, who used to be in Emmerdale. That's a bit of a mis- misnomer, isn't it, really? What did you? What, what are you, dear? You actri- Yes, I'm actress. What have you done? I used to be in Emmerdale. Now I'm doing a programme on biscuits. Lord above. McVitie, you wouldn't actually want to eat them if you saw them being made. I'll tell you what I like. Wafers. So here is the list, all right? Please don't write in. I'm not remotely interested. I really couldn't care less. Yeah, you're banned. If you even write in telling me what your favourite biscuit is, I'm going to wipe you off the system. I'm only going to do the top ten because, to be honest with you, I've got a life to lead and it might be a bit shorter than I thought. Wagon wheels at number ten. They've shrunk. Have you seen them? They used to be so big. When I was little, a wagon wheel could fill your hand. Now, I'm sorry, you can just tuck it into the corner of your mouth. Number nine, a digestive. The most boring biscuit ever invented. What should we have? A digestive. Oh, Lord save us. Eight, 
ginger nuts. Please don't do the jokes. I don't need them at this time of the morning. I've got a career to think of. I quite like a ginger nut. Again, dunking people be going, oh, you can dunk a ginger nut. Uh, number seven is a Jaffa cake. The argument being, please don't write in, I'm not interested, whether it's a cake or a biscuit. OK, I'm not interested. Number six is a bourbon. And you know what a bourbon becomes, don't you? A bourbon becomes a penguin. It is a bourbon biscuit. You suck the... Please don't do it and write in. You can suck the chocolate off, a, off a, a penguin and it's a bourbon biscuit in the middle. OK? I'm only telling you this because I know the factory very well that makes them. Uh, number five, shortbread. Really want to put on weight? Eat shortbread. It's just all sugar, like all of these things are. Number four is a custard cream. I mean, whether it resembles custard, I've got no idea. We used to as children... I merely, please don't write in and tell me what you did as children, because I couldn't care less. You break the biscuit open and you lick out the fondant kind of filling, don't you? Number three is the jammy dodger. Can you get your tongue through the hole? Does anybody, please don't write in with photographs. I'm not remotely interested. Number two is a chocolate hobnob. I wasn't even aware that they made them. It's the normal boring hobnob with chocolate. Okay, and number one, the chocolate digestive. Also on the list, and I am partial occasionally, Tunnock's Maker Caramel Wafer, which is quite nice. A double chocolate chip cookie for the real fatties amongst us. Number 14 is a rich tea biscuit. Again, about as boring as it gets. Kit Kat. Does that count as a biscuit, a Kit Kat? Chocolate, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I know it's got sort of wafer in and so on. And they do different flavours now, don't they? They do mint, orange. I saw one with Christmas pudding. God, it was vile. Awful. Um, fig roll. Do you know, I must be the only person living... Who likes fig rolls? Please don't write in with your favourite biscuit. If you're a new listener to the programme, this is not BBC Local Radio. OK, they'll, they'll be doing this over the whole of the Christmas season. Malted milk. Oh, have you ever had those? That's like going back to the war years. What should we have, a malted milk biscuit? No, thank you. Chocolate fingers. Stop it. OK, they used to be quite nice. But again, most, most kids I know, obviously know the wrong kids, but they used to just suck the chocolate off the chocolate finger. And we all used to do it, didn't you? Put it in your mouth and take it out like that. We've all done that. Uh, hobnob and a chunky cookie. I don't even know what a chunky cookie is. No idea, but it sounds rivetingly dull. But uh, that's it. So there's 20 favourite biscuits. The very idea that, Re- that Vanessa Feltz is sitting there shoving biscuit. I love the way she's being all coy and just holding one biscuit. Go on, put the packet in your mouth. And Joe the boar swash. My God, I can't wait to see his tax bill this year. That'll be interesting. And um, and that's it. Which way up does a digestive go? Who made this programme? Who made... Seriously, what have they been doing? Listening to BBC Local Radio. The next thing, Channel 5 do your favourite smells. And, um... Oh, it's also available to watch on Channel 5's My Player. <sighs> if you're really suicidal. I mean, it's not really the kind of thing that you want to do, is it? You'd rather listen to the radio and hear somebody who slurps his tea and does all the rest of it. This is LBC with Steve Allen. They're speculating in the paper today on uh, on what dress Meghan Markle will be wearing. I mean, who cares? Do, I mean, do people go out there and go, oh, I'll be wearing that dress? They've asked some designer from somewhere to sort of submit. They'll probably be asking loads and loads of people. And so they've got... Uh, this is one here. I mean, it's a very pretty sort of dress. Just remember, she is an actress. They'll, she'll have somebody in to do the makeup. Uh, they've got Romance from America... And, but then, of course, the other thing was, she thinks she'd be wearing a Victoria Beckham wedding dress. I shouldn't think so. I shouldn't think so. And having discovered the other day that Lizzie Cundy is her new best friend, apparently, known each other for simply years. 
She should be wearing any of those ghastly outfits that Lizzie Cundy wore. I know. Lizzie Cundy was in the Sunday papers saying, oh, I've known her for years. We met her. I'm like, what? They'll be distancing that relationship, pal, straight away. I wouldn't trust her as far as I could throw her. Dreadful. Steve Allen on LBC. Kids of five getting gender lessons now. Primary school pupils taught about transgender and homosexual relationships. What, at five? Is that, is that too young? They were talking the other day, weren't they? I remember listening to uh, James O'Brien yesterday. And he was talking about a lady who'd complained um, she didn't want people photographing her child in the school nativity. And uh, she seemed to come in for a fair amount of criticism from people. To be honest with you, I thought we got over that bit. You know, and then somebody phoned up and said, oh, uh, the reason it wasn't is because somebody put the picture up on social media. Why you'd want to take a picture of your kid's pantomime or, or, or uh, nativity play? You know, the baby Joseph, sorry, the, the baby Jesus is here and you can see him. I am a wise man. Thank you. Do you have a present? Do you have a present? Yes, I've got... Although the other one, apparently the, the modern version, they have characters. Like third lobster. They don't, do they really? Did you see it the other day? James O'Brien found this bloke, a woman, I think it might somebody, and uh, their their kid went as a Tesco carrier bag. Because that's, that's a modern... Because there's so many people in the classroom, and to be honest with you, all you need is a couple of nutty wise men, so that's three of them, Mary Joseph, Plastic Baby, and uh, what else do we have? That's about it. The innkeeper and his wife, although she didn't, uh, she didn't get sort of too much out of it. And then you've got the rest of the, what do the rest of the class do? Sorry, you're a sheep. I don't want to be a sheep. What do you want to be? I want to be a three king. Chris's mum, the producer, who's a listener, is a teaching assistant. At her school, one child played that school's caretaker in the, in the nativity. You see, I was a wise man. And uh, which, no big surprises there. And uh, there was quite an up and now again. Like I said, but this this one was complaining about she didn't want the image. And this bloke phoned up and said that this this kid had been put up on social media, and she thought that she was fat. Then she became anorexic, and it didn't have a very happy ending. Now, whether or not you believed the story, there was that debt, but that would only be sort of one person. You can't just ban an entire nation from taking pictures of. But they want pictures of their little child. I mean, you can't have pictures with them pixelated. It's the why would you want to put it up on social media? I know a lot of people do it if it goes to YouTube, if something funny happens, like, you know, the inn falls down over the, you know, the manger or something like that. But that was the whole idea of going to school, wasn't it? Kids look forward to it. You know, your mum would sort of make you a Three Kings outfit. You had a crown and then you had a dressing gown with a cord round it and uh, then you became a king. And that was it. You were riding it. We didn't actually have camels. We didn't have anything like that. And it was it was lovely, actually. Really lovely. I, I think people, you know, people... Sort of miss... Um, who would play in the LBC nativity? OK, right, here we go. I think the three wise men... I think that would be Ian Collins. I think... Um, Matt Stadlin. And Andrew Castle, I think, as, as the three wise men. Uh, as Joseph, it's, it's, it's got to be Nick Ferrari, hasn't it? It can't be. And Mary... I think that's going to have to be Bev Turner. Uh, the Baby Jesus, I think, could be played by Clive Bull. You thought O'Brien. Yeah, I wasn't sure what O'Brien could be, actually. But you're right. I, th- I think, yes, I think you're right. He could actually... You could just have his head in there. It could be one of those sort of clever little um, 
sort of a bit of carpentry made for him. You just have the head there going, oh, yes. And that could be quite nice. Now, who are we going to have as the shepherd? The shepherd in the field would... Yeah, it would be Clive Bull, I think. Clive Clive would fit that uh, quite well. I don't know how many shepherds there were. Was it two or three or something? You know, as many as you want, really. And um, who else was in the... Th- the star. Do people play the star? Do they really? Oh, how funny. How funny. And we, I, didn't, I don't remember any of the people... Play, I just remembered me, because I was the star. We three kings of Orient... I had to sing it all by myself with the other kings following on behind me. But I don't know who they were. They were just kids at my school, but it was a long time. I was a little, little person. Very funny. Very, very funny. And uh, <laughs> I think we liked it a lot. I think I say that now because it wasn't a religious experience for us. It was just something you did. You were in the school nativity. And the fact you were actually in it was brilliant. And why I was picked to sing, I have no idea. Perhaps I had a gift of singing at an early age. But it was lovely. And if you've got young children, they go... But I don't know what your school's policy is. They all vary nowadays. Uh, I think when my... My godchildren were at school. They couldn't take pictures. Now they can take pictures. Because parents want to do that. They want a video. This is our, that's your record, isn't it, of your child's first nativity. And then you play it back. But I mean, putting it up on social... Perhaps there should be a ban on that. Social media shouldn't let people put it. Put it up on your own website. That's fine. Because then you decide who actually has access to it. Uh, Steve, Matt as a wise man, says James. He couldn't turn up to the right Christmas party. I've dined out on that one, I tell you. That one, I've made more more out of that <laughs> poor old Matt and the wrong party, which was funny. Uh, our grandson, says Kate, was Joseph in the nursery nativity last week. When the wise man presented his present in the form of gold Christmas crackers, grandson pointed madly and shouted, Granny Kate's got some of these. I know they always, of course, the best ones are always the kids who stand there and then they spot their parents. Hi. They start waving. And you go, no, no, you're coming out of character. Mum, mum. I loved it. My favourite, though, was always, always, always the uh, the uh, the school nativity play, uh, which was <laughs> told to us some years ago about Mary and Joseph. And uh, some of the kids get a bit fed up with the rehearsals and all the rest of it. And so on the night of the school nativity, they get there and... Uh, the innkeeper is having a bit, a bit of a mare of a day. Lovely, great time. And so along come Mary and Joseph and uh, knock on the door of the inn. So the innkeeper is like really fed up. He's had enough of this. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want to be the innkeeper. He doesn't want to be anybody at all. And so eventually, after Mary and Joseph have practically worn their knuckles raw trying to get in, he opens the door. Yes. And Joseph rehearsed his beautiful lines. He goes, my name is Joseph and this is Mary and we would like to stay here for the night. And the innkeeper looks at them with distaste and goes, you can't, we're full, and slams the door in his face. Joseph, not to be put off, innkeeper opens the door and Joseph goes, we've booked. End of nativity play. I love stuff like that. I think I think it's I think I love it. I just think kids are so so wonderful, and they sometimes they don't understand how wonderful they are, and that's why it's like getting a kitten. You know, you can sit there for ages with a kitten, and you look at it and think, you're going to get bigger and bigger, aren't you? And you want them to remain as kittens because as kittens they're just delight, and you could pick them up in one hand and put one in each hand, and then use them down your bra. You know for. Sorry, I'm going down a wrong road there. I'm going, sorry, sorry, back again. Sorry, it's Katie Price and those clothes that came up for sale. Nobody's bidding, incidentally. 
going to be a dull Christmas in her household. Do you think she cuts the turkey or do you think she is the turkey for Christmas? Oh, no, Kieran could be the turkey. Kieran? Kieran? Where's the nanny gone? Where's the... Get Kieran... Somebody get Kieran back. He'll be off again because apparently he's a sex addict. Isn't that funny, that? I'm a, I'm an addict for pigs in blankets. Not quite the same excitement, I realise. Steve Allen on LBC. Very shortly, you're going to be having uh, Dancing on Ice is back with Philip and Holly. These are the ones who are competing this year. Lamar. Hello? Lamar. Apparently known for coming third on Fame Academy in 2002. What are we doing? Are we going to cemeteries now and finding people? It's unbelievable. Um... <clears throat> I don't... Lamar. Anyway, OK. Uh, Alex Beresford. There you go. Work that one out. Who's that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Presenting the weather on Good Morning Britain. What? Dear God, we've scraped the barrel on this one, haven't we? I've never even heard of him. What on earth have you accepted that for? You think you're a celebrity, do you? must have done if you'd accepted the gig. And you read the weather? Oh, dear God in heaven. I mean, couldn't we get, you know, the postman down the road? He must be more exciting. Yeah, we did Carol Kirkwood. What does she do? She reads the weather. Paul Smith got very upset because I said she reads autocue. She does not read autocue, Steve. I thought, oh, gold. Honestly, we've upset the apple cart on that one. Cheryl Baker, celebrity. No, no trouble with that one at all. Anthony Cotton. What? Donna Eyre. Go on. I know. Known as Donna Airhead when she appeared on the television. Uh, the one who lost her Geordie accent, dating James Middleton. Uh, she likes to remind people she once had a TV career. I mean, that was back in the 1800s. Who's booking these people? Candice Brown. Hello? Nobody. Not a thing. Not a... She makes cakes. She was the winner of the Great British Bake Off. I mean, you think you're a celebrity... This place has gone mad. Mad. You wait till you hear the celebrity line-up for Big Brother. My God, you'll die laughing. Brooke Vincent plays Sophie Webster in Coronation Street. You're an actress, dear. Would you find Judy Dench doing something like this? No. Um, this one, I've never heard of this one. Perry Shakes Drayton. Something to do with sport, yeah? Yeah. Known for running and hurdling... Olympic 400 metres. Um, i never heard of you. I'm really sorry, love. Max Evans. <clears throat> Go on. I defy anybody to come up with that one unless you're cheating on Google. Max Evans. Not a clue. Plays rugby for Scotland. Oh, God. Let's bring in Tom Tom the Piper's son, shall we? How about old MacDonald? He's got a complete farm. Jake Quickenden. That old has-been. What is going on? Known for appearing on The X Factor in 2014. Since then, nothing. Kem Katine won Love Island. He's already started having tantrums. He can't skate for toffee. You might as well ask, you know, Titsy, Itsy Bitsy, La La and Poe and all that lot. He's completely used Apparently he was wobbly just on the photo call. And he's been rehearsing for it. He's already had queenie fits everywhere. We've had a little bit of a tantrum. So, apart from that lot, who have I heard of? Cheryl Baker. Donna Rarehead, because they don't really know what to do with her. They have to keep reminding people she was somebody. Oh, I found another one. Sorry, I do beg your pardon. Stephanie Waring. OK, anybody on Stephanie Waring? You'll never have heard of her. 
Never have heard of her in a million years. And if in doubt, and I've always said this, makes me sound bitter, doesn't it? But I love sounding bitter. Stephanie Waring is famous for playing Cindy Cunningham in Hollyoaks. So because nobody's seen it, you won't have the faintest idea who she is. And uh, they say that she could romance Max Evans. Jake Quickenden, my God, honestly, I mean, his agent must be working overtime, I should imagine. But Alex Beresford, the weatherman on GMB. I mean, God in heaven. They're so desperate, aren't they? It's so desperate. They're like saying, and now, Steve Allen. And you go, what? A radio presenter? Don't be so ridiculous. Those are all the highlights I've got time for this morning. Don't forget, I'm back live from five o'clock tomorrow morning and we'll be with you for the 4am spike all next week too. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.